Yo, what is up, chumps? Welcome back to the Fantasy Chump Podcast. Joining me today is one of my good friends and a special guest. But first, Nate, how are you doing today? Coming off your narrow win this past weekend. Feeling very good. I feel very lucky to be 3-0 currently. I don't think I deserve it. Uh, Gotten lucky. Very few points against me so far to the season. Um, I have been skirting by the the skin of my pants. But, um, yeah, need to make some big moves uh, to secure some some safe passage for the rest of the season. But we're okay. 3-0, never a bad spot to be. You know, I would I would take it. I'm two and one, but it's okay. Nate, um, I'm just gonna bring it up now. Six points difference between your points for and points against. So six? Oh, sorry, I was looking at somebody else. That's me. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, pivoting quickly, joining us is hang on, you had a you had a sheet of bragging notes. Okay. Two-time champion in this league, back-to-back, actually. Been in the league since the inception, six years ago. Please welcome in Mr. Jake. Terminal, please. What's up, everyone? I appreciate you guys having me on. I was looking forward to it all week and looking forward to mixing it up with the boys. So this this is interesting. I, uh, I didn't know Jake was a listener to the show, honestly. And then randomly, one day out of the blue, I was at work and I got a text from him. And apparently he had been listening, and he <laughs> caught wind of some slander that had gone that had been thrown his way, and he yeah. he, uh, he pled to be able to come on and defend his draft strategy for this year. Um, Jake was the number one overall pick, uh, current owner of Christian Tissue Paper McCaffrey. Um, how how are we feeling about that so far? Yeah, you know, I I don't know what to think right now. I think because he is Charmin Ultra Soft, they're going <laughs> to drag out his injury for more than he really needs to just because he's such an asset to that team. And they're going to want to make sure he's healthy, fully healthy. And they're 3-0. They put him back in. Yes, and they're 3-0. and So I don't know yeah. what to think. We'll see how it goes. All right, Very quick, nice. quick, uh, rapid fire, Jake Neff edition. I'm gonna throw some questions at you real quick. Would like to hear your answers, uh, just to let the fans get to know a little bit more about you as a fellow member of the league. All right, first question: favorite NFL team? The Kansas City Chiefs, of course, have been my whole answer. life. So, favorite fantasy player of all time. Todd Gurley in 2017. I had him when I first won the league. My first year of my back-to-back streak. Um, he was a beast. Like, no one was catching me that year. So, he's my favorite. Yeah. I remember, I think right after this year, we had talks of doing, like, a, a keeper league or something. And nobody wanted to do that because we didn't want you to have Todd Gurley for a night. Oh, I, I squashed that pretty quick. Yeah. So, <laughs> glad. <laughs> Because his 2018 was still pretty solid. All right, moving on. Least favorite fantasy player of all time. It's Brandon Cooks for sure. I feel like I've had him maybe a couple times in this league and definitely a couple times in some of my other leagues that I'm in. And he has always just not done well for me. So 
he's not very high on my radar, and I do not like that he's going off this year. <laughs> I do. Sorry. I bet. I do. do. All right, Jake. What is your favorite NFL jersey that you've ever purchased? I hate to say it right now, but I'm going to have to go. Oh, that I purchased? That you, I guess, own? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I only own a Travis Kelsey. Kelsey jersey, so I guess that's gonna have to be my favorite. Well, what's no, your, no, going no, to answer. say? Yeah, what are you gonna say? I was going to say I thought it was just gonna be what's your favorite NFL jersey, just in general. And I was gonna say I'll have to go with the new Chargers jerseys. I think those things are sick, especially the powder blue? blues. Yeah, Dude, I mean, I hate to say it right now, just because they kicked the crap out of the Chiefs, but no, we kicked the crap out of ourselves. We did kick the crap out of ourselves. <laughs> All right, and last question uh, as previous holder of the uh, Fantasy League trophy. Uh, what, what did you do to the trophy? What do I need to know about that before, uh, before I maybe maybe take a beer or two out of it? <laughs> you know, um, hopefully my mom sanitized it before she gave it to you. But, uh, All right, enough said. <laughs> I know this is, a, this is a PG-rated podcast, so I don't know how what extent I can go to on explaining. But let's just say there were <laughs> – there were multiple types of liquids in that oh, in that cup. My gosh! Well, I hope okay. it's uh, hope it's dishwasher safe. <laughs> <laughs> it is <All> not. <laughs> now, Jake and Layton, uh, get into this little debacle that that's it going was. On. It wasn't a debacle. I was I was with Joe when we were giving our honest feedback pre week one of everybody's draft. But, Jake, explain your strategy. So, okay, first off, I'd like to say I listened to a couple episodes before that, and Leighton said, and I quote, I bowed out of last year. I think I thought the you proper did. term to that is opted out. It was okay. a COVID year. <laughs> Pulled a Bill Belichick. Save it for next year, even though they're not doing good. Doesn't matter. Exercising your right. Yes, I opted out. I just remember getting a text one day last year, and it's just like, all right, I'm having a fire sale. Make me an offer. <laughs> I want future assets. It's working out so far, so. Hey. I think, not, yeah, the worst the worst part it. about all of that was that you still didn't lose the league. That was the lead. No, I, I, I got – Second to last off a of stat correction against Ethan. <laughs> I thought I, I thought I lost, but a stat correction saved me. So that, that's awesome. Do you remember what the stat work. correction was? Yeah, uh, for, I don't for the kicker. It was yeah, because remember it was when the Chiefs played the Panthers and that slide kicker. I don't think he's on. He's he's on a roster. He missed that sixty-yard field goal to, you know, put yeah. it in overtime or win the game or whatever, and. I remember originally they credited him with winning or with making it. And so, so Ethan was like, Oh good. I won. And then the stat correction came out and he lost six points and lost last week. (laughs) Uh, It is brutal. That's a bad beat. Yeah. It was awesome. All right. But continue. So, okay. Jake, Jake, how many, how many you opted out of last season? Kind of opted out. Some may say, and but you gained a lot of draft capital from that for the yes. following season. So, what what picks did you gain from from doing that? Yeah, so I'm pretty sure I traded Scott Mike Evans for a fourth round pick, 
And I think I even got a nine. No, that was lit. That was Kyle. And then I traded Kyle, Nick Chubb for another fourth round pick and a ninth round pick. So I got some good draft capital out of that for sure. Um, Yeah, I just wasn't having a good year. And I was like, you know what? I might as well get some draft picks for next year. Honestly, respectable. Don't hate it. But, so what was what was the whole uh, – I don't know. What was the drama about Jake's draft strategy? What did, what did Joe and Leighton talk about? They really so, rubbed you the wrong way. So they talked about it a lot. So the reason that I listened – I've listened to probably four or five episodes of this because I knew that I was creating a lot of guff in the league because <laughs> I, I knew everyone hated me because I had – three fourth round picks so it was more slander i'm catching right now <laughs> so i decided to give it a look and of course the first episode i listened to it was when they talked about my draft like <laughs> two times during the podcast so i was like all right here we go boys um and <laughs> joe used the term perplexing drafter for those of you out there who are not as smart as some are and not good at the English language, I had to look up the definition to perplexing, and it means basically very confusing. And I don't know if you can call me a very confusing drafter, but I think I think everyone calls me a confusing drafter because I don't go running back, running back. I like my wide receivers. That's fair. So I guess I'll just go through. So Chris McCaffrey won. Okay, no one's that doesn't need to be talked about. And then so remember during the draft during um, we were talking about after the first round, I was like, wow, the whole first round was running backs. I was not expecting that. I mean, I couldn't do any mock drafts because I had three fourth round picks. I mean, so I I didn't do any mock drafts. I just kind of looked through the rankings list and said. Okay, I'll probably have a pick of these three or four players, these three or four players. But this is not what I was expecting. I did not expect Calvin Ridley to be there. So I was like, all right, I'll just take the best receiver because Clyde Edwards-Alaire was my cutoff at running back. After Clyde and Joe Mixon, I was like – and probably Antonio Gibson, I was like, I don't think there's good enough running backs at that value at to the draft spot I was. Because I was like, I'm sitting at 20 – or pick, yeah, 20 and 21. So I was like, okay, I'll go Calvin Ridley. And then I know everyone talked about it, the most risky pick of the draft, C.D. Lamb. You know, I think he's going to go off this year. He didn't have a good week this past week. So, I mean, he had a good first couple weeks. So I'm not really too down on that pick yet. But, I mean, it was definitely risky. So, But I knew I wanted to take a risk, and I knew I had – three fourth round picks so I had some room to take some risk so I was willing to do that so then like to Layton's point where I wanted to argue was he was like I would have gone running back running back running back but I'm sitting here it's like okay I have the first pick and then the 20th pick all the good running backs are gone at this point pretty much who who was your first option after that my first option Next would probably so the next running back drafted after that was James Robinson, and I just was not high on him. And then it was David Montgomery, and that's who I picked with my first fourth round pick. So really, I didn't think I lose much there, like drafting two wide receivers. 
No, David Montgomery is a steal for sure. He's a huge talent. But, yeah, I get what you're saying for sure about that, like, dark hole of running backs after the second round. Like, there was a lot of people that John Layton and I talked about a lot where we didn't really feel comfortable taking them. And it's been such a weird year for running backs already. Uh, A lot of inconsistency. But it's working out so far. You said in two and one, you had a tough week with Christian McCaffrey going down. Um, Also, in the fourth round also, I wanted to say, did you grab Cooper Cup fourth round? Yes, that was my second pick in the fourth round. I was just high on him. Like, he was – I mean, I did some research. I read some articles that just had him high, and he was a guy I circled. And, like, I mean – Leighton and Joe said it. That was they thought that was a little bit of a risky pick too. Um, so I mean, clearly I had him circled on my board because I picked him so early. And hey, it's working out. I mean, I just thought it could be kind of like a like an Adam Thielen, Kirk Cousins situation, but better, just because mm-hmm. Matt Stafford can extend the field a little bit more. One hundred percent. I definitely like the pick. Um, the only reason I thought it was risky is just because I think you could have gotten them like at the end of the fourth. But hey, if you were confident, it it showed. I have to ask though, one question: Did you think about like moving up at all in the second round, or like trading back, or making any more moves? Or you know, I didn't really think about it too much, um, mainly because I thought I could still get a good running back at my point. I yeah. I was really not expecting 10 running backs to go in the first round that threw me through a loop and then I mean I was kind of freaking out I was like I'm I'm screwed like I don't really know what to do so I I three or four more went in the second round too what what was that three or four more went in the second round as well yeah I know so like I thought I could get like a Clyde or maybe an Antonio Gibson or Joe Mixon so I was like I I don't really know if I will want to trade one of my fourth round picks or my third round pick or anything for a second rounder. Yeah. I was just curious. Cause that's something I think Nate, John and I talked about is like, man, it'd be so tempting to be like, Hey, I'll give you one of my fourths. So you get the pick. I can move up to like, you know, anywhere from the Nate to Scott range of the second round, like four to six. So yeah. You can snag a good running back, but Obviously, I wasn't even expecting it either. I thought I was going to have a lot more options than just Joe Mixon and Clyde. Yeah. I mean, that definitely would have been a good idea. Um, I just didn't really think about that, to be honest. That's, I mean, I, like I said, I thought more running backs would be available, so I thought I'd be okay where I was. Yeah, that makes sense. It uh, is safe to say it's working out so far, though, for you. So yeah, I think you're uh, in- we'll see. Like I told Nate before we started, I was kind of yamming a little bit of a panic button, but then I looked at my score and I was like, well, I scored 124 points and this has been my worst week, so I think I'll be good. Yeah, for sure. Especially when you get McCaffrey back. Um, okay. Yeah, Let's see. Should we dive into the, into the news? Let's do it. I won't rapid fire as much as I did last week, but I will say, I mean, we already talked about it. Christian McCaffrey hurt. Not placed on IR, um, so he's only out about two or three weeks, which I thought was promising because mm-hmm. I think if the Super Bowl was this upcoming week, I think he'd play, but 
since they're having a hot start to the season. I don't think they need to. So hopefully that doesn't linger the rest of the year. Um, kind of the biggest non-injury related news, and I want to start positive. Chief sign Josh Gordon, baby. Nate, I know you're excited about this one. I am pretty pumped about this one. I We have been saying it for a while that we think the Chiefs needed another kind of bigger-bodied X-caliber receiver to line up across from Tyreek. Um, anybody to, I mean, just take some attention away from him and Kelsey. Well, I mean, we've seen it in these last two weeks, um, defense's abilities to – Double Tyreek, uh, double double Kelsey, and, and, and press Tyreek more at the line, um, and it's really shut the cheetah out of the game plans completely. So I think Gordon. I mean, it's somebody that you at least have to respect. Jake, this is what Jake was saying earlier before the show. You have to put somebody on him and give some attention to him because he's talented enough and explosive explosive enough to where you got to respect that at least. So that's what I'm excited. I don't have super high expectations, but I think just getting him on the field uh, can go a long ways for us. I agree with that. Um, so now just for the, the injury news. All right, KJ Hamler out for the year, tore his ACL. I don't think that impacts the receiving core very much for the Broncos. He only got a couple targets typically. Um, it's pretty thin now though, right? Very thin. It's Sutton, Tim Patrick, and probably no Fant are the only guys you're even considering starting, I'd say. Uh, A.J. Brown left the game with a hamstring injury labeled week to week, so who knows what that means. Julio, jo Julio Jones owners should be ecstatic about that. Um, more targets his way. Daryl Henderson did not start for the Rams last week against the Bucks. Didn't need it because the Bucks are overrated, uh, but he had a rib injury. McVay said he'll be good to go next week, hopefully against the Cardinals, but if they play like they did, they probably don't even need him. Uh, Dalvin Cook didn't play against the Seahawks with ankle injury, still practicing and plans to practice this week. Hopefully he can go, he's good to go. But I have to ask you guys, with the way Madison played, does that make you want to just kind of wait longer? Or? If, if I were the Vikings, would I want to yeah. wait? Yeah. Uh, he, well, yeah. Like, I don't think Madison's a bad – he's a really good backup running back. But, I mean, Dalvin Cook is one of the best running backs in the league. I think – I don't even know who the Vikings play this week. Uh, oh, Seahawks. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I think if Cook is 100%, you, you play him. Or if he's close to 100%, you play him. Go ahead, Jake. Yeah, going off that question – and going back around to Christian McCaffrey, since the Panthers are three and zero, they have a tough matchup with Dallas this week. So, if they lose, do you think that will push McCaffrey to come back faster, and or if their backup running back doesn't perform? Um, potentially. Uh, I, I still think no matter what the media will try to tell you, everybody in the Panthers organization is ecstatic for the 3-0 because, I mean, who would have guessed them starting out the season like that? So maybe, but it's kind of tough to to judge, I guess, so far. But it's something to definitely keep in mind because if the, if Hubbard plays well, then they might like be like, okay, well, our offense is doing a little bit worse but still good, so why not? Right. 
Um, last couple notes, T. Higgins did not play Sunday with a shoulder injury. He did not practice on Monday. It's something to continue to monitor. Kittle reportedly had a sore calf and will be day-to-day -day leading up to the next game against the Seahawks. He will probably play. Juju is considered day-to-day -day after a rib injury. Who knows? He's probably making TikToks. Deontay Johnson is still uncertain for next week's game. They're, the Steelers just don't look good, so I'm guessing if they had a choice, probably going to play. Yes, Nate. What um, With Juju and Deontay being kind of, I guess, somewhat day-to-day -day injuries, what does this do for you with uh, with Claypool and, and Najee in your eyes? I guess in short-term and long-term. I mean, short-term, they're, they're high upside. If I had them, hopefully they do, or hopefully especially Najee does what he did last week, and then when they came back, I'd honestly trade Najee for another more consistent running back because he's not going to be that good. Sorry, John. Uh, Claypool, we'll see. He's he's a hit or miss for me. Uh, yep. 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 You know what I just realized, Nate? We did not do the questions of the podcast. <laughs> oh, let's get back to those. I totally glossed let's over get that. Back. I love those. So we, we had a, a few we kind of brainstormed. Um, this is kind of the first one we talked about is who's someone that's been performing well so far this year that you would be looking to trade if he was on your fantasy team. I can lead us off. Go ahead. Um, I was talking to Jake about this before when he was uh, spitballing some potential trades that he was uh, in discussions with. I would be looking to trade Devo Samuel right now if I owned him. I think it's only a matter of time before Ayuk gets worked back into the rotation there, the wide receiving core. Um, Debo has been a monster so far. He's wide receiver eight, apparently, in ESPN rankings. Um, I think that I would sell him at his peak right now yeah. and try and get somebody that's in a more consistent – I mean, Debo is a, a, a target machine, but it's kind of – I just – I don't really trust the San Francisco offense, especially their passing game. But – He's, he's a weird one, too, because he's involved in the rushing game as well. Um, but I think I would be looking to to get rid of Debo if, uh, if I could get a good offer for him. Right. Jake? Um, so, Nate kind of stole mine just because I know Debo just from being on my team. But I think one guy who has a pretty high trade value right now who – he could keep it up. He could not. Is Jamal Williams? Is that his name from Detroit? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's been playing pretty well. He's gotten some in some. He's gotten into the end zone a couple times. So I think his trade value is pretty high right now. And I would honestly get rid of him because I think you could maybe get a pretty good flex for him if you don't think he's going to do that well. I really like that pick. That's that's a great one. So my he is. Jamal Williams, by the way, is running back eleven on the year so far. Exactly. Like and if you can splitting literally like probably sixty forty with DeAndre Swift. Good pick, Jay. So I told everybody last week to uh, trade Rob Gronkowski. Hope you listen to me because I was right for once. Let's go. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. But I would have traded Rob after like last week. But mine might be a little bit of hot take. I trade Mike Williams. Like. For sure. Um, 
wide receiver two on the year. I don't like he's obviously doing really well. I just don't know if he can from this point on be the uh, wide receiver two for the rest of the season. Like if you could trade him for like Justin Jefferson, Tyreek, or if you, you include somebody else with one of those trades, I would definitely really consider that. That is interesting. Like Tyreek, who I, besides his Browns game, who probably won a lot of people their their fantasy weeks. Like he's had a pretty subpar year so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, do you think that if you were to go and trade for Mike Williams right now, let's say you're really high on him, you think you think he can keep this up? Like, who who are you trading for Mike? Do you think Justin Jefferson is is a good comp? Kind of, but see, I think Jefferson's upside is still higher because you kind of have to look at it like in the future because Mike Williams could still finish as like the wide receiver, like let's say 10, right? But from now on, he might be the wide receiver like 22 or something. Um, So I was listening to a podcast today where like people last year were saying this about, um, shoot, who is it about? Um, Oh, it was the year uh, Chris Godwin went off, like wide receiver two. Throughout the first like three or four weeks, he was by far like the clear guy in the wide receiver category. And then like he was still good, but he wasn't as good as like other players. So, you know, just something to think about. Yeah. All right. This next question is a spicy one. Should Justin Tucker be in the conversation for one of the best players in the NFL? Is is that fair to include a kicker into that conversation, Jake? Mm, I I don't think so, but I mean he did just bang a sixty six yarder barely <laughs> to win, but, to win hey, the game. Yeah, that's pretty good. So. In in a dome, <laughs> put the team uh, back. Um. So th- th- this is kind of what's interesting about football um i would say yes because he's i think he's easily top three in his like of kickers in the league if not easily number one which i think most people would say is number one but um we were talking before the podcast as this question came up and it's like if, if justin tucker throughout his whole career didn't miss a single kick like nobody would call him like the greatest of all time or anything, but he'd still be like easily the best kicker. So it's it's just one of those things you have to keep in mind. I mean, yeah, I don't think kickers get enough love, so I'm gonna go with yes. Yeah. I think like a lot of times when we try and talk about like best players in the NFL across different positions, just outside of quarterbacks alone, um, I think it gets really tough because you have to think about positions that have like a significant impact on like outcomes of games and stuff mm-hmm. and like i mean a kicker yeah they just kick the ball and that's kind of all they do like they're not the most athletic but like that's there's a lot of points decided by kickers and a lot of games decided by points that are kicked by kickers so it, it's a weird one it's really weird to think about i don't think i have a good enough argument to uh defend justin tucker's case but he is, for me, 100% the best kicker in the NFL. Love it. What's the next question, Nate? Sorry, I'm looking at something else. <laughs> next question. We had three this week. So, 
Who are your top rookies so far for fantasy production? And I mean, we can just look at a list of how they've done in fantasy points, but I guess who stood out to you the most or surprised you the most? Jake, can you lead us off here? I mean, it's got to be Jamar Chase, right? I probably still all, both years. But, yeah, I mean, it's got to be Jamar Chase. He scored in every game so far from someone who can't see the ball because there's no white stripes on it. <laughs> catching three touchdowns. I mean, yeah, it's Jamar Chase. Nate? Yeah, that probably would have been mine. Um, I really didn't have a backup after that. Um, go ahead, Layden. I was going to say, I mean, we can always talk about Najee Harris for sure. Um, I guess if I have to pick a backup, one guy who – this is going to sound dumb, but he's not like – hasn't lit the world on fire yet, but Pat Fryermuth for the Steelers has been playing a lot better than anybody would have guessed. He's only the tight end 18 – but with Eric Ebron on the team, he's overtaken him already for the tight end one. So if you're in a dynasty league and you aren't that guy who has him on that team. Which maybe, you are. Which I am. Maybe you should consider trading for him. Because I think next year he could be like easily a top six tight end, I think. In redraft too. I'm pretty I'm very high on like his outlook next year. Yeah. How do we feel about Zach, Zach Wilson so far? You know, just what I expected. <laughs> I kind of feel bad for him. He's the quarterback 30 on the year. Oof. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that is tough. All yeah. right. Well, yeah. with that, before we get into the uh, next couple segments, uh, how about we take a break and uh, get a little message from our sponsors? Sounds like a plan. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this lovely Tuesday night. It is Tuesday. Sorry, lose track of the days when it's football season. Uh, That's right. So we're going to go over kind of some of the notable performances of the week, the studs and the duds of the past week. Um, and then, you know, we'll kind of touch on some of the ones that we kind of picked out to highlight. So first up on the list, soccer, stud, Cooper Cup. Again, mm, Jake, do you want to hop in right here? Well, yeah, I mean, Cooper Cup's my guy. I don't know. You really know how else to say it. Um, I mean, he's breakfast boys with Matthew Stafford. So he's getting all the targets there. He's getting open. McVay's being really creative with him, motioning, putting him in the backfield. I think he's going to have a stellar season. Do you do think – okay. What do you think he finishes at, wide receiver, on the season? He's wide receiver one right now. Where do you think he ends up? Realistic question. I think he will definitely be within the top five to seven receivers, somewhere in there. I mean, I just think that with Matt Stafford, they're really trying to air it out. I mean, especially they don't really have that great of a run game. So I think Cooper Cup's going to keep doing what he's doing. I feel that. I was going to ask if it's sustainable, but that's a great follow-up question. Uh, so next, uh, or first dead, I should say, Robbie Anderson. I'll touch on briefly, drop him. 
Okay, moving on. Uh, <laughs> next up on the list, stud quarterback of the week, Josh Allen. The Stallion finally got his groove back. 37 points against the football team. Five total touchdowns. Five total touchdowns against the football team who clearly are not doing a job at playing football. Jake, I know you have them in one of your leagues. or uh, Sorry, our main league. Do you want to kind of touch on how you're feeling about Josh Allen's season so far? Yeah, so at first I was a little nervous, but I mean – it was too early to press the panic button, but I think now the Bills are going to start get rolling here a little bit, and I think Josh Allen's going to start turning it on. So I'm actually really high on Josh Allen for the rest of the season. Um, yeah. Good. Good, good, good. Uh, Nate, first, mm-hmm. second uh, rookie tight end for the Falcons, Kyle Pitts. Oh, Kyle Pitts. I had a lot of concerns about Kyle Pitts coming into the season. We had an episode where we were talking about rookie tight ends and how it is very rare to see a breakout performance, top five performance for a tight end or for rookie tight ends in the NFL. Um, And I think these fears were justified. Like, I, I don't like what I'm seeing from Kyle Pitts right now. I don't like what I'm seeing from any of the... Falcons offense in general, but I think Kyle Pitts scares me a little bit. He's averaging just over five targets a game right now, and he's has zero touchdowns to see from that. Um, that was a big concern for me. I thought he was going way too high in drafts. Um, I guess I'm okay taking a risk here and there, but um, when the stats don't back it up, I, I, I tend to stray away from those. So Kyle Pitts – be worried about him. If somebody had a shaky tight end position on their team, would you consider trading for him? No. No. Not at all? I mean, I think there is upside to Kyle Pitts, but I think there's other mouths that would need to be fed first in Atlanta. Like, we don't see Calvin Ridley meeting expectations, and I think he would be the first one to, to elevate his game. And then, um, yeah, maybe Kyle Pitts after that, but I don't know. I really don't know what his ceiling would be. Yeah, Jake, would you have? I just wanted to say the Falcons suck. That's my analysis. Okay, next on our list, Zeke Elliott. 27 fantasy points against the Eagles, who have been showing some good signs against the run. <laughs> validating my pick with him at number four. I hope he can keep it up for the rest of the year. Um, my next – or the next dud on the list is a guy I don't know if I ever would have guessed he'd be here. Stefan Diggs. Um, yeah. I, I just don't even know what to say. It's been, like, shockingly not good. Wide receiver 24 in the year. Um, he's only scored how many? One touchdown. Um, but like, I, I don't know. He, he hasn't been consistent, but granted, I feel like they've blown out teams in the past two games. So they haven't really used it wise them that much. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, I would agree. He's just been like, man. Yeah. He's had 16 points, 16 points, 12 points. Like those aren't really losing you weeks, but when you spend 
uh, top 15 pick on Stephon Diggs. Like you, you would like to see more than that. Right. But um, I, I think I wouldn't be that worried about him. Would you, offense, you see it exploding in the last two games. I think he'll be fine. Would you try to trade for him? A hundred percent. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that value would be like because I think whoever owns Stephon Diggs uh, should not be trying to dump him for for cheap. I suppose. You know, I'm, I'm going to kick the tires right now. Um, so, Jake, why don't you talk about another stud of the week, Mike Williams? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about him a little bit already, but he's a very big surprise this year. He was my last pick. Um, in our draft, so I got very, very, very lucky with that. Unbelievable. Um, I'm still kind of on the fence with him, though, because I don't know if this is just kind of like a little hot streak for him. But as I was saying, Nate, before this, the Chargers are airing it out this year, and th- um, their coach, Staley, is putting a lot of faith in Herbert's arm, and they're extending the field more than they ever have. So I can see him – keeping up the numbers, but I'm still on the fence. I feel that. Nate, do you have anything to add? Not really. I'm kind of more in the boat right now where I think – I don't think wide receiver two on the season is sustainable, but I think for uh, anybody that has him, if you're not hurting extremely for, like, depth, I would hang on to him for sure. But if you are hurting for depth, I think you could get a lot for him and you shouldn't settle for – for less than than a lot. <laughs> That's true. What, Jake? Yeah, yes, Jake? and I think that them getting rid of Hunter Henry and not having, like, a huge red zone threat only heightens him up to catch more touchdowns. I mean, it's shown that he's pretty much been their primary target in the red zone and in the end zone, so yeah. that plays a big factor. I, I'm super surprised by Mike Williams. I was talking to Jake about this before, but – he, I thought I knew Mike Williams' like style of play. Like I thought he was just a guy that Philip Rivers would just like chuck one up to fifty yards down the field at probably more like thirty-five yards. Phil Rip, he can't throw it that far. Exactly. But and I thought Mike Mike Williams would just high point it and and make a big play or two in a game, and that was kind of his game. But I think you've seen him evolve a lot, and Herbert is clearly helping Mike Williams elevate. Um, but uh, interesting to see. Yes. Um, yeah, I'll agree with that. I respect that. Dud, Allen Robinson. Um, Jake, I know you had a very uh, – you typed this out in bold. Do you want to you say it out loud for the people? I mean, I said it about the Falcons. The Bears suck. <laughs> so, basically – Matt Nagy, fire. Honestly, I'm shocked Matt Nagy's been that bad. Uh, maybe comes back to Kansas City – after Eric Bieniemy gets a job, I don't want him. Yeah, I don't want another really Alex want Smith offense. I'm good. No. Yeah. Well, Andy calls the plays, but anyway, yeah, unproven quarterback situation, bad team. They had one of the historic worst offensive performances last week. Would you trade for Allen Robinson if somebody was just trying to get rid of him? No chance. Probably not for what they're asking. For where you draft Allen Robinson, like I think everybody's going to be trying getting more for him than he's worth. I, I don't think I would. At least for a few more weeks. Do you know whose team he's on? Uh, John? 
Oh, John, what happened to you? Is he? I don't know. I feel I just say that because I know John's had him in years past. He is definitely. He's on John's team. Okay. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Moving on. Next stud, Justin Jefferson. 27 fantasy points, baby. That's what I'm talking about. He's on my team. I was honestly, a, I don't want to say like pushing the panic button, but I was a little nervous coming into this last week. Um, just because Adam Thielen has been a stud, like don't get me wrong, but he just through the first two games he wasn't getting quite the amount of, I guess, volume I was expecting. But this week he he really showed out with nine catches over 100 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, it was a good week for Justin Jefferson. So um, next dud, Nate, yours truly, Amari. Yeah, Amari Hooper. Yeah. I, he's weeks. He came off a near forty-point performance against the Bucks week one. Had sixteen targets, hauled thirteen of them in. I thought that everything that I was guessing about the the Cowboys' offense was was coming to fruition. I thought I knew everything. I thought I was the biggest brain in the room after that. But um, I don't know. It was weird, and it's been. Honestly, in the Philly game, that was probably the most concerning thing for me is that they put up 41 points without Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb really being a factor in the game. That was something I never thought it would be. I thought everything would run through those two. But um, I, they have a lot of weapons there, and I'm a little bit worried about it. I think it'll get better. But Didn't Philadelphia or don't they have one of the better secondaries this so far this year? They do. It's a tough matchup against wide receivers, so that could play into it. Yeah. I mean, it was a Zeke show, so hopefully that doesn't happen. Makes me excited, too, for uh, Kelsey next week after Dalton Schultz goes for 26 fantasy points. That is absurd. Is he on this list? No, he's not. No, he should have been now. Shout out Dalton Schultz. That's all right. You know, and maybe it could be a a good game for Clyde Edwards-Alaire based on how Zeke played. I mean, they – yeah. From what I watched, they could pretty much run the ball whenever they want. Yes. The Eagles. True. Absolutely. No. So next, uh, James Robinson finally found his footing. 25 fantasy points. Uh, that's totally awesome. Good for him. Happy it's working out. Mostly because I know how happy that makes Scott. So this, this guy on the dead list, I don't even think it's just this week. It's like all year, right? This guy has been yeah. a huge bust. What, running back 28, honestly shocked he's this high. He's been not good. Um, he doesn't get a lot of targets besides week one. He had seven since then. He has four coming off six and eight fantasy performances. I, like the, the Colts this, was bad. This- they do look bad. This was an interesting one because he fell pretty far in our draft, right? Because Kyle got him. Yeah, you got him at tail. No, he got him at like back end of. Did he get him at ten? Yeah, is he the ten or eleven? I thought he got him at the back end of the second round. No, because he doesn't have a pick at the back end of the second round. Being ten, okay. it goes ten eleven. I'm, I'm wrong, man. No, yeah, because, yeah, I would, I would have probably drafted him if he came by me. So, yeah. but I didn't. 
Yeah, and uh, uh, didn't Quentin Nelson get carted off the field too? I don't really know what his injury was, but I'm pretty sure he got he injured. So yeah, he, that's, he, he that's not good for him either. No. Is Quentin Nelson one of the best alignment in the league? You can't you can't place that type of work. So uh, moving on to another running back who is exceeding expectations so far is Kareem the Dream Hunt. Uh, 28 fantasy points this past week. I'm just shocked because he hasn't, you know, being the technically the RB two. It's a uh, he's he's falling out in that role. Nate, remember the beginning of the season when you asked where I'd draft him if he's on the Rams? Oh yeah. And I said like, oh, running back like six or seven. You guys thought I was crazy. Yeah. Would would you still agree with? What you guys said? Like, I thought you said. I thought you were higher on him than that. I thought you were like running back three. No, because I, I said I said I'd take. Uh, I remember I said I'd take uh, the top three and Zeke ahead of him. So I maybe said five. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. He's insane. If he was yeah. anywhere else, put the Browns. I would be oh. much better for fantasy. So much better. He's weird. Especially I think it's. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But I think it's going to be kind of like this for the whole season for Kareem Hunt. I think yeah. it's going to be the Nick Chubb show for three or four games, and Kareem Hunt is going to explode when they need uh, passing work from him. And I think it's just going to be kind of a crapshoot starting in week to week, but a good good depth to have for running back. Exactly. I know somebody might be trading for him. Um, Dud of <laughs> next Dud of the week. Miles Sanders, Nate, I know you wanted to kind of touch on this player. Who I – okay, Miles Sanders against the Cowboys had two rushing attempts the whole game. That's and not he didn't look bad. Two rushing attempts for 27 yards. And we saw Kenneth Gainwell come in a lot more often than I think a lot of people expected. And he, uh, he saw a lot more of the receiving work towards the end of the game. And, uh, honestly, he had more attempts than anybody. And I know this was kind of weird, too. I don't know if this was just what the Cowboys were showing, but they run a lot of read option in Philadelphia, and Jalen Hurts was taking it, tucking it a lot. Um, It looked like the uh, Dallas um, front line was winning about every single snap. So kind of a a tough week, but I'd be a little bit worried about Miles Sanders. No touchdowns on the year, not a lot of receiving. Yeah. That's the one that's – do you think it's game script specifically, Nate, or do you think this is a might be a trend? I think – I think it might uh, – I want to say it's more of a trend, I think. Yeah. We'll get, uh, I'm sure he'll probably come out and get a touchdown next week against the Chiefs. But um, I think, yeah, I think I see more of a trend here. We'll be a little bit worried. That's fair. All right, well, speaking of something that's trending up – Najee Harris, bounce back week, 28 fantasy points. Do you guys know how many targets he had last week? A lot. 16? Jake, do you know? I think it's 16 or 17, isn't it? He had 19 targets. Oh, wow. He had 14 catches. So if you're in a PPR like we are, half of his points came from catches. And guess what league I have him in? A standard league. And he That's got me 14 points on the league. That's dumb. That's terrible. PPR is the only way to go. You can argue the half versus the point. But anyway, yes, Najee Harris, a lot of targets. Nate, 
do you think that's because do you think that's due to a lack of options with yeah i think i think the performance this week like obviously they throw the ball a lot in pittsburgh and it's short dump offs to deontay johnson and Mm -hmm. uh juju and with both of those guys out for the game um they had to go somewhere claypool's not that uh just a couple yards off the line of scrimmage kind of guy he's a downfield threat I don't think it, once those guys come back, I see this kind of disappearing for Najee. Um, I don't know. He needs touchdown work. Would you would you try to trade him while he's hot? Yeah, I would. Or would you keep him? It, it's a weird one. Because only guy there in, in Pittsburgh, so like he's going to get volume, but I just don't know what that amounts to. They Steelers are not efficient offensively. No, exactly. At all. Well, you know who wasn't super efficient last week was Tyreek Hill. Kind of a dud. I hate to say it. Didn't have any big plays. Watching the game as we're all Chiefs fans, they just doubled him every route he ran. So, Jake, how do you think this impacts his fantasy outlook? Have people cracked the code? No, I don't think people have cracked the code. I think he's going to be fine. I mean, the Chiefs are just clearly – off kilter a little bit they'll get back to to rolling again um i think the addition of josh gordon's going to help open up tyreek because like we were talking about earlier you can't double two deep threats um and be and have a defense that's going to stop anything so i think he'll be fine um he's had a rough has he had one bad week or two bad weeks two Two. back to back yeah, I think he's going to be fine. I mean, we've also played some some pretty tough defenses. I know the Chargers really aren't that bad, but the Browns and Ravens have a good defense as well. And they they've played the Chiefs so many times over the past couple of years that they kind of know kind of know what we mm-hmm. like to do. Yeah, that's definitely fair. Um, so finally, kind of, Devontae Adams went off, um, thirty one points. You know, really. That's the Devontae Adams we're used to seeing. So I think it's good if everybody – if somebody has them, gives them a little bit more confidence going into week four. Um, but somebody who didn't perform well, which dumbfounded me, was Russell Wilson. Nate, what do you kind of think about his performance? Uh, I think it, this was just on Seattle. Uh, like I, They didn't score at all in the second half against the Vikings. I know the Vikings defense has improved, but I mean, after putting 17 and a half for them to go scoreless the rest of the game with right. Chris Carson, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, uh, mm-hmm. that shouldn't happen. I mean, it, it was a bad performance from Russ. I'm, I'm very comfortable starting him every week after this. I think he'll be fine. It's just one of those weird weeks with the Seattle offense where they – they just kind of find a way to lose. I would definitely agree with that for sure. Um, Nate, so Nate, that's kind of, or that kind of wraps up all of our uh, stud duds kind of you know recap of week three. Um, so Nate, I'm gonna pass this over to you. This is kind of your your territory. All right, yeah. So this is uh, our Drew Lock of the Week segment. Um, Mi Z boys. A, oh my gosh! A, a shout out to Jake. Uh, 
happen. Um, Watch out, it's October. Broncos fans better hope that Teddy Brad Bridgewater gets injured because <laughs> it's October, baby. Oh boy, I really hope. As, as a Chiefs <laughs> fan, I think that'd be awesome. It's <laughs> a lot of interceptions for us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, but okay. So this segment, I had to miss a couple weeks uh, for the podcast and didn't wasn't Thanks able to. Share share my insight with you guys, but um, your, your wisdom. Yep. So through first three weeks, I am three and zero currently on my on my locks of the of the week. Um, week one, I had Broncos minus three versus the Giants, dub there. Week two, Bills minus three and a half versus the Dolphins, dub. Week three, I had Titans minus five versus the Colts, dub. Week four, testing line that I saw. Uh, I'm taking the Ravens even spread versus the Broncos. And this is the Ravens coming off of probably a game they should have lost to the Detroit Lions, which I never thought I'd be saying. Accurate. But they're playing a 3-0 Broncos team who has beat – of the three teams beat, those teams have not won a game so far this season. Those teams are 0-9 so far. They've played nobody good. I think the Ravens go into mile high, and I think they win this game by a lot more than one point. <laughs> yeah, I my only that is I think the Ravens are just gonna be like ninety percent the of the public's gonna be on them. That's what kind of sketches me out. I think it could be a rat line, but just taking a glance at it, like how do you not just? Mm-hmm throw like at least a quarter of your 401k on it <laughs> which isn't much right now but i was gonna say <laughs> get, get a nice ten dollar bet going um well I'll, i touched on my lock of the week i didn't know we were doing this or else maybe i'd be three no i know i'd be um one no because i got that panthers texas game uh the I'm taking the Browns minus a point and a half against the Vikings. Uh, maybe people are smarter than me. I don't know why it's only one and a half, especially after how much they dominated the Bears. Um, I think it'll definitely be high scoring, so that could probably be potential cause for concern. But yeah, I think the Browns are gonna control this and or control the game and just beat the Vikings. Jake, what do you got? So, I'm a pretty avid gambler. So, I've been around the bush a couple times. And I like the Colts plus two at the Dolphins. Um, Nate and I were kind of talking about it earlier. And Nate kind of said it and kind of pushed me to this. I don't think the Colts can lose this many games. And I don't think Jacoby Brissett can beat the Colts. I, I really don't. So I like the Colts plus two. And then I like the Bucks minus seven. That's what it is right now. I got it yesterday at minus five and a half. I think Tom's gonna come in come in there. Show Bill show Bill Belichick who's boss and who actually won the rings there and beat them very badly. So those are my two locks of the week. You know yeah, I I thought go ahead Lloyd. I really like that Colts bet because I was just thinking about it. Jacoby Brissett was on the Colts last year. So, like, if any coaching staff knows what he's not good at, I'm going to guess they're going to try to do that. So, 
Mm-hmm. Nate, let's throw that in the parlay this week. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't think there's any way the Colts can start. As bad as they may be, I don't think they're the one of the worst teams in the NFL, and I don't think they should be 0-4. Um, I think that's a game they win, and I think I'm staying far away from the Bucks game. Despite getting a five-and-a-half line, I think that's pretty nice. Uh, I just don't want any part of that. Go ahead, Jake. Do you think this is the week that the Chiefs finally can cover a spread? Yes. Because they are like one for one and 13 in their last 14 or something like that. And Ridiculous. I, I am a Chiefs homer, but like these last two, three weeks, actually, I would not have touched those spreads at all. Definitely not. I think we were better than all three of those teams. We lost two of them, and we always play down to competition. Um, I would not have done that. Against the Eagles, I think this is the first blowout win, hopefully, the Chiefs will experience. And it's been long overdue. I'm very hopeful for that. Yeah, I mean, it's got to happen at some point, right? Like, come on. (laughs) What's the line at? It's at seven right now. Seven. I got seven, so. No, I'd push that. I would not uh, not take the Chiefs with the points in that one. I, uh, I think our pass rush has been bad. And if you watch Jalen Hurts, he was scrambling all all game last night. So if we can't do that to him, you know, he'll just sit back. And, you know, we, have, we, we seem to have trouble with running quarterbacks. So not saying Will, but Is Willie Gay going to be back? Ooh, he might be. Hey, you're giving me something to look forward to, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Always, always end on a high note. But <laughs> – this has been a very fun episode. Jake, thanks for joining us. Willie will get you back on very soon. Yes, thank um, you guys for having me. I had a blast. And definitely whenever you guys need me, I'm I'm down to join. We need we need to do like a whole a recurring podcast. Guest. A what? We need to do like our whole league podcast, like at the end of the year. That would be chaos. Yeah, like, like, a, like a, a team. Like a team dinner, like a give out awards to everybody. Yeah, like oh, yeah, most improved, <laughs> yeah. Ethan, because you got last. It's like um, it's like the uh, deadliest catch after show. <laughs> the bar. <laughs> exactly. That'd be very fun. But uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram at fantasy underscore chumps. Submit those questions so we don't have to keep coming up with them. We are not as creative as you think, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, good luck in your games this weekend, and let us know how we did and how you do. So have a good one, and thank you guys so much. Thanks, guys. See you.